from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. (laughs) Homebrew Bound. Well, I mean, just fucking laugh when I say that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you think this is good, huh? No, I'm still trying to think of something to to say after that, after you say that. (laughs) And I thought of something that I shouldn't say, and then I chuckled. (laughs) All right, before we get too deep here, uh, we should probably get the the important things out of the way. Um, So the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Doing the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of their homepage and join today. Actually, Zymergy had an interesting um, article about boiling in the latest issue. Ooh. Um, and Do tell. The, uh, the, the premise was, do we really need to boil the beer? Uh yeah. Well, and it so it it was it was it was very um I've definitely heard of no boil experiments. Well, yes, yes, but uh, it was actually really interesting. So, they're still talking about heating, but do you need to bring it up to a rolling boil? Um and their their biggest uh their biggest talking about it was because um the American Humbers Association is located, I believe, uh they're headquartered in Denver. Uh-huh. Um so their boiling point is much lower right than ours. And so they were talking about that. It, it was a really good read. I should, yeah, I'll, I'll show you that article after after we're done with this episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. So you can get information like that. They also had an article um, in this issue about brewing a um, a I want to say it's like a South Korean um, rice based fermented beverage. Ooh, um, that looked really good. It comes in like there there were like three different versions. Like there was like a like a seven to ten percent. Um, like an eleven to fourteen, and then like an eighteen percent version. Was there anything in the um, uh, all style challenge that <clears throat> that required you to brew with rice? Um, no, because we didn't do any loggers. Got it. Um, the American light lager category, I believe, is the only one that requires rice. Interesting. Well, uh, now that you have syrup. those, uh... when you have those fancy fermenters, I would love to uh, take a stab. SS Brewtech, right? And then I think I'm on the hook for brewing some. Uh, Doing a collab uh, with a friend, and we're gonna do an Oktoberfest this year for um, one of the uh, one of the regulars at Pitchfork. They throw a big Oktoberfest party every year. Meritson. Yep, Meritson all the way. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then Patreon. Uh, head if you'd like to support us directly, head over to Patreon.com/slash/studios and become a patron today. I want to give a shout out to uh, Black Belt Patron Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy again, head over to Patreon.com/slash/studios and become a patron today. And if you're doing Amazon shopping, head over to BlindNewsStudios.com. Click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Your Amazon shopping as normal, uh, and then we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. It really helps us out. All right, Brian. Beer-related things have you done? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, gosh, lo- I don't know all of them. Lots of things. It's, it's kind of been a full weekend. Yeah, well, we had a we had the like our every month we do the rock the lot party, and this was for the release of the shandy. I probably talked about the shandy. You have um, talked about the shandy. I tried the, the shandy show. for the first time. Would yesterday. you think? 
too sweet for me. Still too sweet. Yeah, there's no there's no way to No, to, there's no way around that. I I don't drink that. soda. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah. So I don't yeah. I, just, I the big the big thing for me was being able to drink a couple of them and not have gut rot and <laughs> I achieved that. That's kind of like when we rate shows on the Department of Offense, which is another uh lovely podcast rate beers. here at the uh Blind Ninja Studios. Um you know, it's based off personal preference. Yeah, personal preference. And so a lot of times with beers I wouldn't normally go for, or like when we did a cider the yep. one time, I was like, nah, I could have more than one of these, so I would rate it. Well, and it's, yeah, and there's higher. there's differences. Uh, it it can be well-made and still that be your thing. Yeah, oh, damn right. That's very true. Which go is th- why I don't understand ones for well-made beers on beer rating sites. <laughs> and then did you hear that this is a little off topic, but... Um, I want to say it's Miller Coors now owns Rate Beer. Oh, great! Um, I, I think like um, yeah, I I had heard that, but wasn't wasn't like there's some other one, um, like yeah. Beer Advocate. Well, was it? Beer or no, Ad- no. I think it was Rate Beer. It, no, <sighs> AB InBev acquires the rest of the review site. Rate Beer happened this week. Yeah, because they they bought some of it all. Yeah, a they they, they had a stake in it, and now they just straight up own the thing. Hmm. Which is odd. Well, it's they're gathering information about. Yeah, but you know. do you think that'll skew? I don't know. Well, beer rating sites are so weird. I think yeah. we've we've done a episode on them in the past and how they're how like they're kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I like uh, the only part about Untapped that I like is the um, the fact that you can collect the beers and go back and look at them. Um, I really, this is going to come off kind of harsh, but I just don't really feel like the general public should be rating beers. Um, it, it, cause you know, it's like too hoppy, one star and it's like, it throws the whole rating it's off. It's a double IPA. Yeah. And you're supposed to, and then you're supposed to somehow like get people to drink beers that are rated lowly because people don't like hoppy beer, you know, or like I have a friend and she was like, Oh, if it's a lager, it automatically gets one less star. And I'm like, well, that's that's dumb. Dumb. So what what they should do is make the ratings like well, private only for the user instead of having yeah. them be this public thing. Um, I just I don't know I don't know any uh, professional brewers that appreciate Untapped at all. Um, we had years ago when my friends were starting Northgate, um, their head brewer like Untapped made him just lose his freaking mind. And they had to like make him delete the app. They had to make him not look at it because people people say really really stupid things. Like they, it's just, like Yelp. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yelp is for white women who've had too much wine. Like, like I, <laughs> and one of my favorite things in the world is reading one star Yelp reviews. Oh hell yeah! Like it's so enjoyable. Yeah. And it's so dumb. And I feel like one star beer reviews are probably the same. Yeah, they are. Um, it's, well, and I don't, I uninstalled untapped, uh, two months ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it's honestly just been nice to drink beer and not, and not worry about, worry it about trying, oh, I got to check that in and get the thing. And I had like two or 3000 <coughs> check-ins. I was like, I'm just cataloging my alcoholism. I need to stop that. Oh God. We had one that the, the person wrote, um, uh, what was it? They got a or Minnesconsin Hellas lager, which is like a 5% lager. Yep. And they they said, uh, too light. Why 
why would I go to a craft brewery to drink light beer? <laughs> They're going to really hate Hop and Barrel Light. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, yeah, we're coming out with, I think I already mentioned that, I think maybe last time, but we're coming yeah. out with a light beer fairly soon. I'm bummed that I'm get, like that comes out in May, right? I'm going I'm to yeah. miss that release, and I'm kind of bummed about that one. Well, Biggie, there'll be plenty of, a, for, uh, plenty of it for us to shotgun at the next Redneck Backyard Party. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we live right by, a, or well, the studio is right by a, a cornfield. <laughs> Many cornfields. <laughs> oh, right. man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so. What about you, man? Uh, man, um, uh, you know, I we're doing two episodes today. I'm going to start with uh, start with Friday, because it was kind of an eventful, just, just weekend all around. Uh, went to, uh, so we did an early birthday dinner with uh, with some folks. So we, we swung by Hoffman Barrel for one or two, and then uh, we escaped with you over to Ziggy's yep. for one. God, I love Ziggy. Man, their tacos are just oh yeah out of control. I had their nachos yesterday. Not yeah, a fan. Yeah, so-so. I was I was a little bummed. I was less impressed like Jen, with Jen was talking up the nachos, and really? then I, I listened to Jen. Oh. That, was, that was the first problem I had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said it. I, I know she doesn't uh, listen to this anyway. So. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, so um, yeah, uh, went to Vincer Stoop for for dinner had a had a big group and there was 10 of us which was i was surprised we could fit that many in that place it's not super big what really where did you have 10 people up on the little uh, up on the shelf they, they shoved a bunch thingy? of uh oh table okay, tables yeah, together yeah yeah so we had 10 of us and um a couple weeks ago we went and ate at a german restaurant in new glarus and it was a night and day difference like really? service was spot on at uh adventure stoop yeah the food was great the beers came out promptly, like it was awesome. So I had a couple liters of uh, good German lager. Yeah. I love German lager, dude. All of the German beer. That's all. Yeah. I, I love German beer. Um, Especially so that was love the Vinzer Stube. That, well. that was kind of that's kind of my uh, my my beer uh, for the week. And then also, oh man, my regulator crapped out on me. <laughs> yeah, I got down in the studio and he said. Oh man, there's no homebrew to taste today. And I'm like, well, because we're drinking fat tire again because we're working through a yeah a case of fat, fat tire. tire. <laughs> no, so I'm I'm super bummed. I came down, um, and like so I, I cranked it up because I was force carving some kegs, and the thing said like it was still above the red line. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got plenty of gas. This is yeah. gonna be fine. And the only place to get gas is a welding supply store near us. Yeah, that, Mississippi Welding that is not open on weekends. Oh shit. Yeah. So um, I come down Friday uh, to shut the gas. Like after after we had done, I get back. It's probably about midnight on Friday, and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta go uh, make sure I'm not overcarving these beers." And I was gonna have some, and then I go and like I start fiddling with the thing. I'm like, "Why is there no gas coming out? Like just empty tank is empty." And I'm like, I don't know if these beers are carved, but I can't check because I need the layer of CO2 on top of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so I'm just, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, uh, next two shows, we'll be tasting the American, or uh, the double IPA and the American wheat. <laughs> well, I, after, after these two, yeah, when I get back. Nice. Plus, we'll have a range of sours to drink then as well. We had, all those sours will be ready. We had an issue with uh, our main regulator. So, we have a 3,300 pound bulk tank outside. At the brewery, it comes in to like a, a vaporizer, which basically just like dries the, the dries the CO two out essentially, uh, so that you don't get water in the lines, um, as what happens with any compressed gas, I guess. Uh, but uh, the whole the whole works just stopped. Like we weren't getting any pressure anywhere. 
the the tank was reading that it was pushing it into the building fine but we weren't getting any pressure anywhere else and so i just shut everything down i took the regulator apart and when they had assembled everything um they had put an oxygen regulator uh gasket instead of a co2 regulator Different gasket. pressures then right oh god yeah and <laughs> the the co2 it, like think about um god what is it when you put a is it like a marshmallow in the microwave, and then mm-hmm. it just it, it expands. expands a bunch? It well, looked yeah, so, like that. Uh, yeah, because CO2 is a liquid uh, when mm-hmm. they put it in the tank. Yep. I don't, oxygen isn't, right? I don't think so, no. Yeah. So what had happened is it just it ballooned up the gasket and just cut off the the flow. <laughs> and so the, the reason I'm telling this story is so the guy that sells us our CO2 was like super mad. He's like, I'm going to chew someone out, whatever. And uh, until we had that... <clears throat> until the regulator gasket assembly showed up, the new one, um, he brought down a bunch of extra tanks. So, if you ever need an extra tank, all right, yeah, have um, a bunch. We'll, we'll talk. Indeed. All right. So, all right, what are we doing here today? All right. Uh, yeah. So today we are going to um, kind of. Oh, let me pull up the right uh, thing here. Um, today we're going to be talking. Of, we're, we're continuing our malt discussion, uh, and we're going to talk about malt flavor descriptors and quote-unquote malt families. So when we're talking about malts, they get kind of get uh, classified into broad um, categories, and then those can be subclassified. Just so uh, I figured this was important to get out of the way early. So last week we talked about the malting process itself, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to be getting into specialty malts next, next week and probably into some more malt science in the coming weeks. But I feel like we should have a base in a common language to talk about. Agreed. And, yeah. and, that's, I, and that's kind of a thing that we, we stress a lot is, especially when we're tasting beers and mm-hmm. stuff, like having that common language is very important. We, that's another, like when we were talking about untapped, that, that's also one of the gripes is that there really isn't a good common, I mean, there is a good common language, but most people don't know it. So good to do these sort of episodes. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start with uh, flavor descriptors. If I, and um, a lot of this information is coming out of the malt book, mm-hmm. uh, John Mallet, Millet. Sure. Mallet? I don't know. M-A-L-L-E-T-T, because just double all the letters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, honestly, one of my favorite uh, books in that, like... In that series? Yeah, yeah. Easiest Reading. Like, he does yeah. a lot of anecdotal stuff, and... The Hops one, it just it just seems like one the long article. Hops and water are very clinical. Oh, God, water is like... Yep. So, oh, there's a lot of it that's over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest, you know? Yeah, um, but malt... Uh, malt and yeast, very good. Yeah, like yeast was. Um, you know, it's funny. I got that yeast book a long time ago, and it's funny when you you're you underline things in a book, and you're like, oh, this seems important, and then later you're like, that that was not that was not the important that was not an important piece. The sentence after that <laughs> was the important uh, right. Part. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um. So uh, flavor descriptors. Um. So cereal is is the first one here. Mm-hmm. Um. We're looking at like cookie biscuit. Um, cereal hay, um, like Ovaltine would fall under cereal, uh, sweet. So like honey and sweetness yep. burnt, um, like, so like burnt toast, like just kind of that, that more like, I guess, acrid yep. flavor. Um, like there's a green nuttiness. So like be beanie, cauliflower, grainy, grassy, seaweed or bean sprout, um, nutty, like roasted would be like chestnuts, peanuts, walnuts, any kind of like roasted nut. Uh, sulfury, uh, cooked vegetable, DMS, 
um, sulfur. Yeah, when uh, I mean Pilsner malt is so highly modified now that it there's less retention of DMS potential, but um, this reminds me. Uh, quick aside, back to uh, when we were talking about the American Homebrewers Association and yeah. Zymergy. They have a um, an article on modern uh, decoction mashing. Really? Yeah. Mm. And they say it's not bullshit, but they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> God. Boy, it just t- it takes so long. I mean, my our brew house has a decoction <laughs> loop in it. Like we we had it uh, piped for decoction, and I think we did it like two or three times. Um, and it took way too long. Could, like, could not could not taste a difference. What uh, what beer did you do the decoction on? Uh, we started out doing Minnesota and Hellas with decoction? decoctions, but we're using that that Brees, um Synergy Pilsner malt, and it has such a good flavor as it is. It doesn't you know. It doesn't matter, but anyway, on that note, uh, the I feel like well, a, a thing you can do at home, a fun, you know, thing is to steep malt and then taste it. We'll steep it in. We'll have just hot water. Okay, and then you know, make give like it, a malt tea. Like yep, smell it, sip it. Um, and uh, what I always get out of Pilsner malt is more of like a green, more of a distinctly green sort of flavor. Um, Anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, that is, that is good to know. Moving on. Um, all right, then uh, harsh would be like acidic, sour, sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, toffee. Mm, toffee and vanilla, like pretty yeah. pretty obvious there. Uh, caramel, that's that's going to be like your caramel, your cream soda. Coffee, pretty self-explanatory. Chocolate, again. Uh, treacle is a word that I hear a lot, and I've looked it up multiple <laughs> times. Isn't that but like I, molasses? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a molassesy thing, but it's a word that keeps coming up. And I feel like during the every style challenge, every time treacle came up, we had to relook it up. Oh like, boy, yeah. <laughs> Did you? Uh, is there smoky? Yep, uh, that is actually the next one. Oh, boom! Wow. Smoky uh, bonfire, wood fire, peaty wood ash, mm-hmm. uh, phenolic wood is like your spicy medicinal. Yeah. Uh, fruity fruit jam, banana, citrus, fruit cake, bitter. Uh, bitter, uh, well, just bitter, like, or quinine, 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 that, that was the word, (laughs) astringent, um, it's like mouth puckering, like, has that, like, uh, I always, like, my go-to, like, descriptor for astringency is, like, wine, a lot of wines, there's, there's, like, that astringency that you can get where it, like, dries your mouth out and you, like, pucker a little bit, um, other would be, like, cardboard, earthy, damp paper, um, and then a linger, uh, would be like the duration or intensity of the aftertaste, and so that's so when we're talking about malts, those are the uh, the descriptors that we're going to be using. That makes sense. Is there any of you that you'd want to elaborate on, or um, not? Uh, we talk about um, debittered black malt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you use huskless barley to avoid charring. And is a dark color, minimal bitterness, and no, obviously no enzymatic potential. But um, I, if you want to make your beer black as a black cat's ass, then you, you know, you need to use a dark malt like that. And generally, you know, like for example, in like the you know black IPA style, you really don't want that roast character, that burnt character. And so then, you know, their Weyerman makes three different uh, specialty products. Um, and then I believe Brees does 
they have a malt called Black Prince that's supposed to be a similar thing to that. Um, but yeah, other than that, nope, nothing right. to add. Okay, so now we'll talk about like the different families of malts here. So uh, the first that we're going to talk about are your standard process malts. These are your quintessential base malts. In here we have Pilsner, Pale, Pale Ale, Vienna, Munich, and Melanoidin. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are the malts where you're going to get most of your enzyme activity, where uh, it's going to be the bulk of your grain and your and your grist. Right, and so you when you were rattling that off, you had pale malt and pale ale malt, and I should note there's a difference between the two. Uh, your pale malt has high, it definitely has a high enzyme potential. Um, it can. Uh, I don't know how the best way to put this, like a, the ferment fermentability controls a little bit wackier um, can make it. Um, I mean, the, the mash ha- happens pretty, pretty instantaneously with that. Um, another way to describe pale malt is uh, like lager. You just call it lager malt. And then pale ale malt is um, darker than pale malt is more of a biscuit toast flavor. Um that's more typical for like those English pub ales that you like so much. <laughs> yeah, do like myself some English pub. I'm gonna uh-huh. drink so many. I ju- it's ju- juicier. I think I is a, a way to describe it because um you know br- uh, not breeze BSG makes you know they make two juicy row. was not one of our flavor descriptors. Oh sorry. <laughs> do you want to hear it? You could just turn the page back and I'll. We're so gonna write juicy pencil in there. and you uh, can yeah. write it. No no uh, no no, but that, that's good though. So um what so juicy what like how would you? Uh, it's juicy? such a dumb word to use. I shouldn't use that word, but it like uh just like it's like what full, I said like more like fuller more you know more biscuit and toast body delicious yeah yeah. Like if you want if you want the malt flavor to stick out, then that's what like, you know these uh, the double IPAs that that we sell so many of at our brewery, um, they don't use that. They use like a, you know um, just regular two row, uh, and maybe a dash of caramel ten just for a, a smidgen of color, and because I like them to be nice, dry, bitter, and I'm only using the malt to like for for the backbone for some for hop water, <laughs> so. Uh, that's how we kind of use it for double IPA. I uh, so I tried your triple IPA the other day. What'd you think of that? It knocked me on my ass real hard. <laughs> That's old school dank. <laughs> it is. It was like re- resiny and dank. It was. I mean, it was really good. I just I wasn't expect like, and I should have been expecting. It. You've been talking about it so long. Yeah. That's like, a, and then I I went from the the. Uh, the English mild that I've been exclusively drinking at your tap room, mm-hmm. uh, and then to that, and then I'm like, I'm going back to this. Like, <laughs> yeah, there were that the fermentation on that was interesting because we were we were like, gosh, should we bubble oxygen? Should we not? And then we decided, okay, well, we'll bubble oxygen after you know, eighteen ish hours. I could think that's the window, right around eighteen hours when if if you want to add more oxygen to the you know, to build the colony more yep. for these bigger beers, um, that would be the time to do it. But um, so we started looking at the setup, and I realized that there wouldn't be enough pressure to push air from the oxygen stone in the, um, you know, by the heat exchanger. Uh, there wouldn't be enough pressure, and so we would have had to put the oxygen stone on a pump with a circ loop on the racking arm or something. And, you know, I, I just in the end, I told the brewers, I'm like, look, we we, you know, added a nice, healthy, full, huge colony, you know, to 
to the beer and let's just let's just go with it. And after three days, it was only at 1026. But then a few days later, it was like 1008. So it really, really got down there. Anyway. All right. Um, so we, we've we've touched on Pilsner yep. um, already. We've uh, You just did a really good talk about pale versus mm-hmm. pale ale. Yep. Um, so Vienna malt, um, yep. that's it's going to impart a rich orange color to your beer. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's the flavor of like the the flavor of like the traditional Meritzen beer, like your yep. fest beer is going to come from Vienna malt. Toasty, nutty, lots of flavor, not 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 a cloyingly sweet yep. malt. Uh, and you can use it as a base malt. It has sufficient enzymatic power to convert up to 100%. 100%. The yep. You can use that 100%. Yep. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of Vienna malt. Um, I don't, is there anything you'd want to add about Vienna? Nope. All right. So Munich, um, broad range. You can get Munich in yeah, a lot they, of different They've got colors. light, dark, and then again, yep. <laughs> I keep name dropping Brees on this episode. But they, well, it's the, uh, we use a lot of like, it's it's close and it's an industry standard, at least in the U.S. Right. Like, Sponsor us. Anyway, um, fucking awesome. <laughs> So yeah, Munich, uh, a wide range of colors. They do a light, a dark. Uh, it has a lower enzymatic potential, but it still can be used at a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's usually used to fill out like the malty profile right. of a beer. It's a good filler, more like, of an enhancement. Yeah. All right, um, Melanoidin malt is something I don't know if I've used it a lot of. Okay. Um, so this is like it has a sweet honey-like flavor. Um, Although some have sufficient enzymes to convert up to 100%, it's more commonly used in lower concentrations. Right. Um, like, do you use a lot of melanoidin malt? Um, no, not really. Uh, again, that's that's one for an enhancer. You don't want to use it at, a, at 100%. It'll be too overpowering. Yeah. Um, I'd so say, like, like, stick with 10% or less. Yeah, so, like, honey malt is a melanoidin malt. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, I mean, if that's what you're going for, like a... A little bit more sweetness, like uh, what is it, Oliphant? They make um, that Honey's Honey's. It's peanut, oh, honey's, honey's. honey peanut butter stout. Like that's the type of beer where you'd want to hit up Gambrinus malt and get yourself some melanoid or some honey malt. All right, all right. So then our next, uh, I guess, most common, uh, like so after base malts, I feel like this is the most common malt that you're gonna see in most recipes are your caramel malts. Yep. Um, and so this is your special glassy, your caramel crystal, and then your hybrid malts. Um, so these are like these are all the ones that you roast a bit more. You take your green and you roast it a little bit more. Um, so your special glassy malts are made using a low temperature and high moisture to produce um, like a glassy endosperm in the malt, um, which we've talked a little bit about that. But basically, uh, like very like very sugary. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense, because yep. you're you're building up these really big sugar crystals in the endosperm, right? And this would be your carapils or your dextrin. Yep, N- very low to none enzymatic potential. They're there just for flavor and head retention and head retention. Um, and then we get into caramel crystal, which we're going to go into the difference of those again <laughs> uh, next episode. So don't yell at me, Brian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> take a sip of my beer (laughs) uh but these like you guys know i would use these these are they're they're adding flavors they're adding complexity um they're they're adding color uh like they're they're just they're it seems like they're a workhorse of a malt Mm -hmm. for just most recipes 
Um, and then you get into the Midwest Pale Ales where you rely too much on crystal malt and you run into issues. But, uh, <laughs> well, and the, you know, another thing about these, like, you know, your C60 uh, will oxidize the beer. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with the science behind it, but. I was just going to ask you about the science behind yeah. that. That's, that's probably an episode in and of itself, and I'd really... Well, I'm going to give you homework then for the like next to, month you need to uh, you know, bring for the class. Yeah, you're going to be gone. Oh, so, yeah, so you have a month to do the research. All right. <laughs> I know you're not going to do it until, like, the day before. Yep. Because that's how I do things. That's too. how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I, that got me through high school and college, whatever. That's gotten me through life. <laughs> right. <laughs> been doing a show for six years. I don't... Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So color range on crystal malts is basically ten to two hundred SRM. Mm-hmm. Like, oh uh, yeah. So we can we can talk color range. I don't know if that's super important. Not really. We're no. Talking about these, Just but good to know that there's really not much above two hundred yeah. that works for beer. Um, and then you have the special hybrid malts, and these are like the, uh, um, like the the Belgian like special B. Um, stuff like that. These are malts that are made first by caramelizing, then roasting the malt. So there, you've you've done two different processes to yep. it. Roast uh, adds roast raisin plum, kind of like your special B malt, good for Belgian doubles. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we get to our third most common, uh, but some of the most fun, the roasted malts. Oh. Uh, these include biscuit, amber, brown, chocolate, black, roasted barley, um, and I guess we would put our debittered. Mm-hmm. in here as well um that's not really in here but because it's, it's usually just the same process as making these and then you just take the husk off yep right pretty much um so yeah we'll start uh lower end of the spectrum here uh your biscuit malt um this is produced in a kiln at high temperatures um and then you get like bread crust toasted flavors um like used in a lot of english um, a lot of browns. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to add about biscuit? Mm, no. All right. Uh, you want to cover amber? Yep. Uh, so just, you know, usually it would be lightly drum roasted. You got uh, toffee, bready, nutty flavor. Uh, good for cask, mild ales, uh, nice dry finish. I no really, enzymatic potential. You know, biscuit amber, these are my malts. These are, these are, these are my people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, uh, so brown malt, uh, very similar to amber. Uh, just given more time to in the roaster to develop more flavor and color. Um, again, you're looking at toffee, baked and nutty flavors. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any really... Not much more to say yeah, about it's that. Just darker amber. Mm-hmm. You want to take chocolate? Yes, uh, so your SRM on SRM on this one's going to be three fifty. So yeah, to uh, that, that's, that's, that's something we should we should mention. Sure. Going from uh, brown malt, which is forty to one fifty, we're seeing a massive jump in color SRM wise mm-hmm. um, between the next the next uh, darkest or ne- I guess next lightest would be three fifty. Right. There's like rear roasted barley is hanging out around three hundred, but. I'd say chocolate malt is like 350 to 500. Uh, definitely has a drum drum roasted malt, uh, mildly burnt flavor, coffee, chocolate, um, and a little bit of the, like the Maillard sort of flavor. Um, and then a little bit of astringency. And again, like I think all the rest of these that we're going to be mentioning um, definitely have no enzymatic potential. Yeah, no, once so. once you get to this point, I 
Actually, I don't know if anything really in the crystal or in the in the roasted does. No, uh, um, and like your crystal malts, they kind of ma- like mash in the husk, so yeah. they're already. Yeah, yeah, they they gelatinize in there, and then yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in specialty malts a little bit more because it's very exciting and uh, the biggest difference between crystal and caramel. All right, um, so pale chocolate is one of my favorite like chocolate malts to use. Does that fall under chocolate or because I would say so? Yeah. yeah okay. Just because it has chocolate in the name, that's a dumb question. Because you're an <laughs> idiot. All right, uh, then black malt. Black malt is basically malt that's been burnt. Uh, but, like, just brought, like, right under combustion. And so, like, you're looking at, like, 400 to over 500 SRM. Just real dark, um, dry, bitter, burnt, uh, somewhat astringent. Uh, really good uh, color coming out of this. Um, de-bittered uh, black malt is going to give you that color without the bitterness, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Black malt. You use it in stouts. I wonder how they get the husks off. There's just like I bet there's just little tiny, tiny like people. rubber fingers that go. Yeah, they take it. Oh, oh maybe Oompa Loompas. Probably yeah. Okay, let's go with Oompa Loompas. I do like Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you want to talk roasted barley? Roasted barley uh, as a range uh, between chocolate and black malt. Uh, this one can. This one goes to eleven. This one can go get as high as six six fifty on the SRM. Uh, acrid, dry, burnt um, is is the best way. Uh, has a lighter colored head than black malt, and this is definitely the key to like your like dry Irish stout. Thank goodness, right? When you when you think roasted <laughs> barley, mm-hmm. um, I I I in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like roasted barley is like that distinct Guinnessy flavor. Definitely, and a little bit goes a long way. Yes, it uh, does for uh, flavor and color. So be careful. Yeah, so uh, do 40% of your mash. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Oh, that was bad advice. I'm sorry. All right, so now we're getting into special process malts. These are the ones that... uh, So this is acidulated, smoked, and peated. So obviously, right away, you can see that there's something off here. Uh, Basically, these are just regular malts that have had something else done to them. Mm -hmm. Acidulated... Uh, we've talked about that a lot on the show. That's something that you use to uh, lower your mash pH, um, and not much else, really. Like, I mean, I suppose you could you could use them in like a Berliner Weiss. Um, yeah, definitely. It's funny that the there's there's a few different malts that uh, like this that um, it reduces reduces the mash pH, and they were smart enough to know that long ago however um if you were to add like a lactic acid or something like that to lower the mash ph that's not um it's not run heights so what they what they did was they uh, just added it to the malt right so what they they spray sour wort on the malt before they kiln um and it reduces the mash ph complies with run heights all right uh and then smoked malt is malt that's been smoked like i don't <laughs> I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what else to say there. Like, <laughs> I got my bong out. I got, no, no. It's, uh, so, like, um, I know uh, Pitchfork, when they do their uh, their their smoked big beers, um, Mike will sometimes smoke his own malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll just basically take two-row or whatever and throw it on his smoker next to his chicken wings. And... Delicious. Fucking, like, he's like, I'm getting, I'm getting meals done and... I'm getting some malt, <laughs> like because and smoked malt. Another one, 
a little bit goes a long fucking way. Yeah. Jesus Christ, guys. Back yeah. off on that smoke a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I've walked into places and they've had a smoked beer on and I've tasted it. And it's just like drinking liquid smoke. Yeah, you'd be careful with that. I mean, I would say like these some of the like Bomberg German smoked beers are sitting at like 40 percent of the grist, which I would never use. Well, so I will say we did the I want to say it was the Lichtenhainer, mm-hmm. uh, which is the sour smoked, which is 100 mm-hmm. percent smoked wheat malt. Interesting. And the lactic acid actually countered a lot, or the the lacto, or yeah, the, the lactic um, acid countered a lot of that because it was it was really good. Like it was tart and then just a little smoky, and it was very nice, like a delicate smoky flavor. Um, and then peated malt, it's like smoked malt, but with peat, like. <laughs> You know, let, let's let's remember here in the BJCP guidelines, there are there are zero styles that peat smoke is is acceptable. Yeah, well, zero. It's because uh, guys don't burn <laughs> bog shit. Okay, like <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, this is not do this. Okay? Come on, you guys. You guys, you, you you know you know better. Oh my god. Anyway, I so yeah, the, I mean, all right. <laughs> You, long-time listeners, you know, new listeners, if this is your first episode, I feel like I need to give you the disclaimer. Uh, it should be at the top, but this is way deep in. <laughs> There's a lot of opinion here. Yeah. A lot of opinion. We're going to give you a lot of fact, but we're also going to make you make beer the way we like beer. Yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is peatless. Peatless. No peat malt. You're going to make scotch? Use peat malt. And if you're a brewer named Pete, don't put your name on that beer. Bro, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so then we get to uh, malts that are not malts. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like So they're, they're malted grains that aren't barley. Well, the only exception to the rule here is wheat. Wheat can be malted or not malted. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, well, and that's for wheat. Um, as the name suggests, uh, it's malt made from wheat instead of barley, uh, because virtually any uh, malt production te- technique can also be applied to wheat. Products such as highly roasted wheat malts are available to adventurous brewers. Um, there is some delightful like black wheat or like midnight wheat. Midnight wheat. I, yeah, yep. midnight wheat out there. Um, you can make some really interesting uh, like dark half of Isons and stuff with that. Cool. Um, I don't. Do you use any like midnight wheat or anything, or have you? Yes, we have definitely used midnight wheat before and with uh, with with good success. Um, I don't remember the, the beer in particular, okay. but generally, the roasting wheat isn't very common. But um, there are definitely products out there. Um, right. Wheat has a much higher protein content too, so that'll also uh, promote some uh, head retention um, at times. Uh, when the grist gets up there higher, I almost get a little bit of a like a, uh, I guess like a sourness, kind of from uh, from, from wheat. roasted wheat or mm-hmm. just or just yeah. from wheat malt. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why I perceive yeah. it that way, but huh. Um, all right, and then rye is another very common common like non. This well, see these uh, the wheat and rye, and when we go over oats. Um, Get yourself some rice hulls. Yes. Because these are really sticky malts. They're tough to louder. Um, you're going to stick your mash big time. Um, but yeah, rye malt is great. Uh, SRM's usually two or three to four, and um, it's very distinctively spicy. 
uh, pairs really well with American hops. And, um, yeah, very sticky. Will definitely give you some color, too. Yeah, and if you um, rise one of those things, and so we had a listener uh, chime in. I think we talked about it um, on Gordon's Gordon's Beer, and he recommended swapping out some of the wheat for rye. Um, sure. I'm trying to remember, or for body. But also, like, if you want, if, if there's something, quote, unquote, missing from your beer and you want to do something different from it, a little bit of rye kind of will give it a little... Little kit, like especially if you're doing like a pale ale or an IPA, mm-hmm. I like to just throw a little rye in there and just uh, mix it up a little bit. Um, and then oats, uh, oats are usually unmalted, but mm-hmm. apparently we can malt oats. I don't apparently. think I've ever, I I've, I I've never used, <laughs> I've never used malted oats. Neither have I. I suppose I should know that because malto meal is a thing, right? Mm, malto meal. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Simpsons Golden Naked Oats are malted version of oats. Did not know that. Uh, yeah, golden naked oats. What is uh, our what Chad's pale ale is like? Two row and golden naked oats, and that's it. And oh, so you've used malted oats? Buttload of citra. Yes. Well, then why did you say that you didn't know that you could malt oats? Well, I thought they were unmalted oats. <laughs> <laughs> I legit, legitimately had no idea. Why well, hey, we're learning things today? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Oh, actually, this makes sense. Uh. Because Bell's uh. What's oat oatmobile? Oatmobile. God. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh beer names. Ah uh, yeah, but that's a good beer. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's an Odie beer. Um, that that uses that uses this. Um, all right. Uh, distiller's malt is a thing that I honestly didn't really know about until I started reading through this. Uh, distiller's malt is generally made from lower grade barley than brewing malts, and typically not used by brewers. This malt has a higher husk fraction, smaller kernel size, and very grassy flavors. And distillers can use it because they're going to strip all that shit out anyway. Right. Uh, so it's cheap is uh, what I'm getting. At. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. All right. And then you want to talk about uh, chit malt? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's another another uh, head retention situation. Um, they're barely germinated like you wouldn't like last last show when we were talking about how the how germination that process um so they're barely germinated. They're used for head retention. Also falls under Ryan Heitzkebo. <laughs> yes. Um, but generally, this is this is like a highly underused malt. I know one malting company that makes it and at all. And uh, was it? You guys use it quite a bit for head retention, don't you? Um, from time to time, it okay. depends. And then, um, or we use a lot more like Carafoam okay. these, these days because it ordering <laughs> having to order one bag of malt from. A company that you don't normally order from. Order from. Sounds, yeah. 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 That's like with Space Force, there's like one bag of Caramel 10. But because we order a shitload of Synergy from Brees, I just throw a few bags on that order. Yeah. No, like I had I had honestly since uh, before you started the show, I had never heard of Chip Malt. Mm-hmm. And you keep bringing it up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it sounds like Chip Malt. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, is, is there anything you'd like to add about any of these malts? I feel like we've... Uh, I think that was a really good start, I th- man. I think that was a really good yeah. start where we... So moving on, we're going to be talking about specialty malts, how we get there, um, the differences between them. Uh, that's going to be next week. And hopefully we kind of have a, like a base language now that we mm-hmm. can build off of. So I hope this was interesting for you guys as it was for us. Because yes. I learned I learned some today. stuff. I had no idea that oats could be malted. Oh, those oats, they sure are tricky. Oh. 
Oh, that's the end of the show. That is the end of the show. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, it's not. Shit. I, I, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fade that down, man. Fade that down. <laughs> I forgot that we have a whole new segment to the show. Woo-wee. <laughs> oh, man. You threw me completely, Brian. <clears throat> that's true. Because you added the segment, and I haven't added it to the notes yet. Did you make a stinger yet? I have not made a stinger Dang yet. It. I will. I uh, will get on that. I want, I want club music. I know what you want. <laughs> we need to have. Maybe maybe we'll do that after we record the next episode. So we right. don't have. Uh, oh, we don't have doo. We, we don't have doo. Uh. We can we can drink another beer and figure out how to uh, how to do our stinger. Nice. But we have a listener story. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we get a question, sometimes we get a story. Um, this one, I, I really liked. I I hope you read it. Uh, it, was, it was super interesting to me. Uh, so this was sent to us by Tim Crisp, uh, listener. And he said, hey there, kind of a homebrew bound inspired story. I recently met up with some coworkers on a trip after we were done working for the day. And we headed to a nearby Irish brewery for dinner. First of all, an Irish brewery sounds delightful. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Uh, as I was looking over the tap list with excitement, uh, the three of them were looking for the closest thing to a Bud Light as possible. Worried that they are actually going to attempt to order a Bud Light, I quickly scanned the list to find something easy drinking. I remembered an earlier episode where you discussed how to choose uh, more tame styles in order to introduce people to the craft beer world. He's been a longtime listener. Oh really? Yeah, that oh, is cool, man. Th- that was that was a very early episode. I'm glad that somebody <laughs> listened to that. Um, I went with the safest option they had, a simple Irish red ale. That's yeah. Yeah, that's usually a pretty good crap yep. pleaser. Yeah. Um, they were hesitant but decided to trust me. The drinks came, we cheers, uh, and then they took a swig. Then came silence. That's the worst part. I know, right? Like, like you're what's just gonna like, happen? Oh, here. crickets. Um. They had the disappointed expression of, what did we just order? I quickly explained, Casey's patented three-sip rule. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't think I can take credit for that one, uh, uh, the three-sip rule. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I will. Own it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the uh, Just just reiteration, the three-sip rule is uh, the first sip is always surprising. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, the second sip acclimates, and the third sip is what you actually think about the beer. Interesting. Uh, right. Especially with sours, that's that's the biggest thing because you get the power uh, shock. Yeah, because uh, man, like I I think I've said it before. I'm not a big sours guy, but yeah, I get it. Um, all right, so he explained my patented three sip rule, uh, which they then followed. Next thing you know, multiple rounds were ordered, and the Irish red ale was flowing. It was flowing like wine. <laughs> uh, they finally admitted that they loved it. Thanks for all the episodes and great content, and I learned a lot. Uh, Tim, thanks for sharing yeah, this. Man. Like, this is a fantastic story. Good to hear. We love to hear that. Uh, I like <laughs> that you were able to introduce some more people into craft beer. That's fantastic. That too. Yep. Uh, and you were able to drop my name and a three sip rule. So, uh, <laughs> man, tell us. We want to hear more about this Irish restaurant, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, this Irish brewery. Yeah, like, your Irish brewery. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need I need more information. I need, I need delicious salty Irish food and a nice Irish red ale. Oh man, I'm so excited to go to Belfast next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I just got back from Germany, so I'm go, also going go to Germany. Pound sand, go pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing your trip, but better. I don't know. Oh man, <laughs> well, you, I'm you also have to going to work during that trip, though, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but my trip also lasts 30 days. Fair. <laughs> you win. You always do. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I have to work 16 out of those days. <laughs> oh man. All right. Now I think we can get out of here. Yeah.
That was a long one. Sorry, guys. Uh, 45 minutes? Oh, actually, maybe not. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm not sorry. Yeah. Don't don't apologize <laughs> for giving them delightful content. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. And, yeah, I hope you learned something and had a good time. Um, as always, uh, if you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash and become a patron today. It really helps us out. Uh, unfortunately, as ridiculous as it sounds, running a podcast isn't free. Mm. So, uh, yeah, if you guys can throw us a few bucks, it really helps. Um, and then, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or a story that you'd like to... Uh, have us read on air or a question that you'd like to have us read on air and answer on air, uh, shoot us an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blinderstudios or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.